welcome back to Explicit Measures with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. With audio this time. It wasn't just a, a the, just mum is the word before. So we got audio now. The ironic thing about the intro was right before we went live, I didn't have any, any sound either. Uh, any sound. So I'm like waving down. And that's what the whole first part of this was like. It, me describing that no, I didn't have any mic coming through. And it's funny that we had no sound at all coming through. Well, I guess every, just to everyone's just computer to was doing the same updates <laughs> to appease Tommy. I'll, I'll, I'll intro with my happy Tuesday in, in the first minute. Gotta have to waiting, that, waiting. That was one of your better ones. Welcome, welcome everybody to the, the show. We're, we're all over the place, obviously. Oh boy. So I was just, I was, I was just, uh, reminiscing of my Monday, how long it's been. It felt like a long day, even though it's been one day only, I felt like I had a long day on Monday. Lots of decks, uh, writing and statements and things. Although, I feel like it was a pretty cool deck statement that we came up with. Ultimately, at the end, solved some really interesting problems. I do find it's interesting, especially around decks. There's a lot of times you're like, I don't understand what it's doing. And you push and you push and you learn and you work and you push and you figure and you go read a whole bunch of blogs from SQL BI. And at the end, you're like, huh, I think I understand it now. And so I feel like I had like an epiphany kind of yesterday around being able to more in an advanced way manipulate a filter context and then apply that filter context into a a measure or statement so anyways it was kind of fun it's one of those where you do it you're like oh my gosh i have five other reports i can use this yeah exactly right yeah. well and it was just that moment of like there's like this the top of the hill kind of feeling right you kind of you're working hard you can't quite see the top of the hill and then all of a sudden you crest it and you're like okay i think i get it and then it works and you're like ah oh, i figured it out it was just a it was one of those moments where um, I was really excited about all the time and effort I put in, but there wasn't a soul in the world who cared what I did. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, the report is going to be like, yeah, great. Looks good. All right, move on. Like, it's, good, yeah. it's like nothing. I'm like, oh, You're but this is so cool. This. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we, we understand your, your, your sympathy, but Greg says he has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> He's never... underappreciated. Exactly like, right. Right. It's uh, I had one of those moments in a not Dax realm yet uh, th this weekend where uh, somebody was requesting something to be added to the report. And we're like, oh, man, like that, that's going to change a lot. Like, that's a big problem. And they're just sitting there going, I don't understand why it's a big problem. Like, all I want you to do oh, is like, add this new thing into the report. And we're like, because eh, it changes the grain and like blows up the models. And like, okay. So it's like, mm -hmm. but that's with DAX all the time. Yeah, right? yeah. totally. Uh, oh, since you guys are doing it this way, can you can you make it, you know, give me this calculation. That is a totally talking, different yeah. animal. You're, you're talking through your two. We'll see what we can do. Thanks. Yeah. We'll do it on. What do you mean? You you just did that the other day. Yeah, it's so five simple, minutes. right? Yeah, You're like yeah, <laughs> not, not like not like changing the visual type. It's it's a little bit more fundamental yeah. than that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Ch -ch challenge, Ch -ch -ch challenge. Excellent. So funny story from the today. weekend, um, Mike. You will appreciate this. I was. Does it involve cannolis? Story. That's what I need to know, though. <laughs> kind of indirectly. Oh, it's, so, I knew it was. <laughs> well, it has to do with my mother. So yes. Um, I was, I was called, I called her over the weekend. I said, I was, yeah, I was talking to Mike and she said, Oh, from the podcast. I'm like, yeah. She's like, Oh, Mike DiCarlo, right? I'm like, Oh Mike yeah. DiCarlo? Yeah. Mike the Carlo. Hmm? No, DiCarlo. Oh, DiCarlo. Oh. <laughs> and I literally went, who's Mike DiCarlo? She's like, Mike DiCarlo from the podcast. <laughs> My mother's so Italian. She Italianizes Italian names. I love it. 
So now the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy Puglia, Mike DiCarlo, and Seth Barrettino. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with my name. Yes. Like, yeah. I did take the, the oh, Sunday yet to think about a good a good one, I've, but yeah. And I just I, I had no idea what you're talking about. I like and it. She, That's good. Like, Carlo wasn't Italian enough, but yes. So more Power BI Italians out there. I enjoy it. Seth is our, our tribute Irish Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Amazing. That that's actually a really good one. That, that's funny. So next next on Thursday, I'll have to inter- make sure I remember to Mike uh, introduce myself as Mike DiCarlo. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. DiCarlo consult. Every family member that I have heard has has listened to the podcast i get a much different reaction tommy than what you're saying because you're like your mom like listens to it she knows my name my family has listened to the podcast like we don't have a clue what you're talking about we're like you're doing, you're really excited about stuff but we don't have a clue what you're talking about <laughs> yeah again i i have my mother's told me the past like you could be a clown i'll be proud of you i'm like okay thanks yes anyways there's a whole hmm. italian mothers out there maybe you're maybe it's closer than you think you know you're still, you're a data clown now awesome oh man all right well let's talk through some of the topic today uh jumping into our topic for today we're kind of talking about maybe it's it'll probably cross over into power bi um but this might be a bit a larger of a topic in general let's just talk about storytelling data or storytelling in power bi tommy i think this topic kind of came around from you maybe give us a little bit more of a rounded uh perspective here of you know what what do you mean by this topic and we're going to kind of maybe touch on today so yeah, the inspiration from this, we, we've had this conversation in the past and there's a book out there called Storytelling with Data. I, I don't have the author in front of me, but I'll get the link. And as I was going through the points in there, I was questioning how much does that apply to what we do in Power BI? And allow me to explain. So I'll, I'll say, I'm going to read just a, a pair of two sentences from the book. And for those listening, think about how much are you doing that really in every report? So a data story must have a central insider idea. It must have a main point. While you can certainly share different facts, they should all support the overreaching insight. By focusing on a main point, you ensure the data story has a clear purpose. And all the data the storytelling talks about it, a main insight, right? It's, it's supposed to describe one particular, you know, inspiration or enlightenment. But a lot of times, if you really did just transfer that over completely to Power BI, and the reports that we build, they're, they're not a, a place in time. You know, we're building this report for the department, for them almost to do their own stor- storytelling. We're providing the tools and the resources to do so, but we're not building this ad hoc report. Like someone said, should we be spending money in this campaign? And then just building a report just to explain that one thing. So we, everyone, it's the buzzword in our, in our industry. Mm-hmm. On, if you go on LinkedIn, it's like, oh, look at storytelling and Power BI. Yeah. I would but, say that a lot. There's a lot right. of those showing up. Right. But again, really how applicable is that to really what we're supposed to do? I think that's the, the two questions I'll pose is how much of that are we really supposed to do? And really, is it okay if we don't, so to speak? I, I, I like where this is going to go. So let me, let me just kind of iterate on one area here. I think there is a lot of links on social media anything I see on like LinkedIn, there's a lot of like different storytelling things. I definitely think there are different reports for different roles. And I think this is kind of, um, 
are, are we talking about, do I know the answer that I'm looking for? Or is this more of an exploratory kind of report? Now, there's probably more areas that you could kind of deviate and push ports, reports into. But I think that, you know, where I see the storytelling with data, I'll speak from, I guess, partly of my experience here. Things that I like to see from storytelling with data stuff, it's the kind of the infographic level stuff. It is, it is there's a, uh, I just saw one by Carrie Golosko. Not sure how to say her last name, but uh, she's also on uh, an, a Microsoft MVP. But she made an amazing charticulator visual, and about like this, you know, space launches or launching um, rocket ships into space. Amazing, looked really, really good. And I would say there was a story with that information. There was some kind of story that she was con conveying with uh, the different countries and how they were, um, you know, what's their what their um, space program look like. So for me, that was like storytelling. But I think there's also another side of this where I'm looking at this going, I just need to put data down on a piece of page. I need access to the data. So I think there's actually another side of this that's also doesn't always need to tell a story. However, what I will say is I think it's more important that you have insights or maybe even it's, maybe it's, maybe it's not a story, but maybe it's like little chapters, right? These sets of visuals are trying to describe what action should I take out of seeing this page or these groups of visuals? What I wanted to do with the data. And maybe that's like a, a smaller story, not quite as big as like thinking like the whole report is one big story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here and like, I agree. Like it's, to, to me, it's a buzzword. It's, it's a, and it's confusing, right? And that's why I say it's a buzzword because people are using it in different ways and they're mm -hmm. taking different parts of, you know, reporting insights, what you're trying to convey in a report and they're, they're mashing them all together, yes. right? Like with, with yeah. and that's why it's confusing. I think to, to me, at least maybe others are, have a very clear, but as I'm trying to like, break apart like what is storytelling versus just information or data right like i can i can probably draw those parallels between you need data here's a page and a report or a sql query right mm -hmm. <laughs> go get it whenever you need it and then uh i'm reading something like an infographic or uh, a journal journalism right like an article that is re reinforcing the uh, opinion piece or whatever with data with a mm -hmm. visual that's supporting an argument or supporting this this the telling of a story right and that's where it's like it really disconnected because to me like how do we put together the pieces of like what are we doing on a normal basis right so one of the first questions i had like kind of to 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 bring to the table which we seem to already have addressed this buzzword thing is like what does storytelling mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what is storytelling to you guys in the context of the like Power BI, right? If I'm going to generate a report for somebody, what are the components that if I'm going to tell a story with my report that I have to put together or like what, what, what can I do differently, I guess, in, in that context um, that would put it into the buzzword category? Maybe that's the right question. Maybe it's what not. puts It'll it into the buzzword category. Goes. Yeah. Like I, how do you? How do you? What is what is storytelling and data mean? Like, are you going through all of the steps to to actually build a report that has one 
one way of telling the story or is it like a pick your own adventure? <laughs> you know, and I think that's a great point though, because the true essence of like storytelling, there's a, there was already a predisposed outcome, right? And then you're just building the visuals to support that outcome based on the findings, not that pick your own uh, story or pick your, you know, pick your own adventures, so to speak. I, I am the same with you, Seth and Mike too, where I'm kind of frustrated when people are just like, you need to do storytelling with data. That's what Power BI is like, no, like, and a lot of times we err away from that specific purpose where we've looked at the data beforehand. And we've talked about this in the past where we used to do more of this before Power BI was out, where you looked at the data, you did your exploratory analysis, you found the, you know, basically what that insider answer was, and then you built basically everything around what you found. Mm -hmm. Most times now, you know, even if you're doing a KPI report or like targeted report operational, it's to display, you know, and monitor, but it's not really, hey, I found this, here's all the things that support this, here's what you should do with this. But it's a already set path. So to answer your question, I think it, what puts it in the buzzword is when people just put a lot of pretty, honestly, to be frank, when there's a lot of pretty visuals out there that looks really cool and you can click on this and they think that's the story. I that's think, what I would consider the buzz side of it. Yeah, I may say like I think the story side of things is a bit distracting to what we're trying to do with reports in general. I think I, th I, think I understand the story, but I think if, if you look at a story, you're thinking like there's this overarching theme to what's going on inside this report. And I think... That's not necessarily always true for all reports. Um, if I broke that down into said, you know, there are, I'm trying to think of another analogy here that would be a lot of um, a good analysis here, but I'm not really, not really drawing to it. I'm thinking maybe more of my reports fit more like an outline form, right? There's a couple key things that I want you to do. So in, in the concept of a story, right, there, you're, you, are, you are kind of introducing people to a topic and then in my reports, or at least how I try and design reports, I do try to put like higher level summarized pieces of data, KPI cards, total numbers at the top of the report. And then as I work my way to the you know left to right, top to bottom, as I go through the report, even on a page, I'm trying to add more details. The reason being is I'm typically not adding a massive table at the very top of the, of the report page and adding all the details on, the, on those tables because that's too specific. I haven't walked you through, quote unquote, the story to get you down to the information you need. Um, maybe maybe another way of saying this is, you know, when I think about my Power BI data models, I think of them as one large table. Think about as, as every, you know, again, it's a data model, it's a star schema, whatever it is, but it, essentially you can kind of drag and drop any columns together. And when I describe this to customers, I'll just say, this is a massive table of information. I don't need to know all of the data in that table to make some sort of decision, right? You're looking for the outliers, the records that are missing, the, the records that are um, lower than they should be or expectations. So I feel like a lot of time what I'm doing is I'm trying to ask these questions about what, where are the missing, what, what is the actionable pieces of data? And that's kind of where I would put a lot of my effort. Maybe you can make the analogy of, you know, taking action and walking people to that action of what you, they should be taking. Um, but again, I think it's really, I don't really love the storytelling verbiage that we're, we're hearing there a lot on social media. Right. And I feel, does that answer the question, Seth, or did we kind of get to the question? Yeah, I, okay. I think I, I'm pretty sure I, I rambled just a, a long time on that one. Like, like to me, um, 
at, at this point in time, like storytelling in Power BI is, and, and we're done after this because this is the definition. <laughs> like I want to, but I want to dive into the other parts of it, right? Storytelling is very focused. It's a very focused type of reporting, right? Because even yes. what we're talking about is I'm, and some of the things in the chat, like I'm going to present something, right? So if you're presenting and you want uh, mm -hmm. a, a the flow of establishing, you know, the context, you're stating the problem, you're exploring the different ways in which you pursued the problem, and then you're, you arrived at a resolution and you're showing that like kind of step-by-step -step through a story of visualization and reporting, it's very effective. It's a very effective way to communicate, but it's super narrowly focused, like and outside of a presentation, right? Like there are, I would argue, very few cases where you're actually building a report that already has that narrative like yeah. outlined and realistically people are only reviewing it because the data is going to change, but the outcome doesn't. Right. And I think you're, those are two main things two main things that goes part of what you're saying that I completely agree. Usually, well, I actually, I worry about people who start only in power BI from their visual and their data, uh, like, you know, career, because I think for all of us, like I started with doing any data that was presented, started with PowerPoint. Like I would take something in Excel, build a chart because it was always with the specific purpose in mind. So I, I had to do the exploratory side and I was trying to say like, should we be spending more in these campaigns? Uh, what's working well with leads? And those were the questions posed and it was a specific time over the last six months, not the next six months. So, and then the, it was a set day that that had to be presented. And then it was the findings of that. The, that the, was you're you're speaking right to like what I was talking about earlier was right. like there's this single action thing that I'm trying to drive right. for. So like there's there's you know again, I don't really love a story because I feel like a story is just kind of like I'm I'm here I'm absorbing and I'm not really getting like oh cool interesting story. I don't feel like it to me it drives action the way I feel like what you just described there, Tommy. Like you're 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 asking very specific questions, and I think you illustrated my point really well around. We think of all of our data as a big pool of data right. and it's just a bunch of numbers at this at that point right and now what you're saying is okay which of my campaigns were the most successful i want to do that again which ones were the least successful do i change them or do i stop doing them so you're you're asking like to me this questions and action area i think is much more appropriate for report building and maybe maybe us question could be considered a story like, how do you get someone to that one question answer, right, kind of thing? But I feel like my reports are way larger than just one question anymore. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, and, but I think therein lies the role that we play. So yes. my role, and again, I think it's a different skill, too, than how we build a report in Power BI. Or I'll, I'll challenge that, at least, where my role as a, an uh, analysis analyst back in the day was to help answer those types of questions. It was those one-off things. It wasn't to build a dashboard or a report. Part of that was that, but it was very much in that specific, explore the data, we're trying to answer this, should we do X, Y, and Z over, you know, for the, this is what campaigns we're gonna be running, et cetera, et cetera. But to your point, and like, I, I do agree with you, we aren't not doing that now. And I, I know I've said this in the past, but I, I don't wanna say I worry about that, but, I question why people don't, I don't know about you guys, but that question not asked of BI analysts anymore to, Hey, we're trying to figure out 
should we do these products? Should we be doing this type of campaign? Help us answer that question. And it's more just give me the data, show me the trending so I can click on it. We're, we're not almost, it's easier for us not to necessarily be a leader or in a, in a sense, uh, someone where we can help answer questions, right? We're just more of a service, less than someone who can actually help change See, or derive. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I, that's the part I don't agree with. Like okay. in, it, it really annoys me because I know that in one of our recent podcasts, we were reading an article where this, this thought struck me and now it's has stuck with me. Right. Because when I used to talk about what we do, it's like, Oh, bringing, bringing data to people and like giving access to data. And it's not what we do. Right. Yeah. And this is where I think um, that, that main idea was what we're doing is we're bringing insights to people. Right. And that's what, when you go through the questions of, um, understanding somebody's job and what are the questions that they have on a regular basis that they're constantly looking for in data that we are grouping, aggregating, like making those insightful, like bringing the insights forward out of the data so they don't have to go rip through and do everything themselves. Right. So to me, like this is where when I think about storytelling, like the chapters of storytelling would be the insights that that somebody gleans. Now, if if I'm going to carry that all the way through, I would say like, I would argue that the vast majority of our reports that we're building are trying to give users the insights that they need to construct the stories because we don't know what those are all the time. Correct. Yeah. Right. So it's, that's why we go through this like litany of like, tell me, tell me how you do your job. Like, what, what is the purpose of this mm -hmm. report? Because I can't give you every insight in all areas of your business, Correct. right? So yes. we need to limit the scope. And that's the scoping conversation to, to just narrow in on like, what's behind this door, right? When you're, when you're dealing with your 500 doors in a day, you know, you have your top five, let's open that door. And like, what are the, what are the things in here that if you had presented to you, instead of you having to go like dig through data to figure out what that would look like, here's just the, here's the answer. What does this help you do, right? Because you still have individuals in the business that take what these insights are holding and be like, whoa, something changed, right? Like they have to then go construct the story for somebody else because our reports aren't going to do that, right? It would take them building a report to go like, build the storytelling version of the report where you're piecing together parts of, you know, these insights to, to tell somebody what's going on in the business. And that's where I'm like, like, I would personally like a different vocab, I guess, around what it is we're trying to do here, because you're not doing the full fledged, like end to end in your reports for every report. And I would almost argue like you're doing it like 5% of the time, at least in my experience. So I would agree. With that. Lot, yeah. Oh, good. No, I, I think I just threw out two links to two reports kind of in the chat window here around. Um, there's actually some great examples, I think, of what storytelling with data is doing. And I think this kind of centers around, Seth, what you were talking about. There's like this. Here is four or five insights I want you to glean from this data. I've already created the story. I've decided the insights. I've looked at the information. and These are what are coming out of this. So the opioid crisis in the Gartner 2018 report was something that Microsoft put on with a number of other visualization tools and they came out with a good report. It helped them be able to, uh, it was a good example of what a good report looked like. It had a lot of data modeling 
you know, kind of just trying to show off most of what Power BI could do. Again, they did another really interesting report in 2022 around um, the UN Sustainable Development Goals and what that looked like. So, and then even even still, if you look at the the blog post itself, it even talks about you know at the very bottom, but without even seeing the report, here are some key insights we found. Right, boom, 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 and there's a story that you're you're trying to take people from. Uh, I know nothing about the UN sustainability data set to oh. I can see, um, you know, access to electricity has improved in the last 20 years. And, you know, how many more people were able to have electricity based on these, this improvement of infrastructure over time? I think that's, that's good storytelling. You're, you've created a, a report that supports these key insights that are helping people see a topic of something that they're interested in. To me, that feels like storytelling. And, yeah, and you're getting on... I'm, I, something that I wanted to ask you to, because the, the two intelligent people and the two smart people in the room, because I may not be smart, but I am dumb. So, but let <laughs> Whatever, me tell Tommy, you, you're smart too. <laughs> Listen, you guys are, I, I don't well, allow me to say a statement and I want to see if you agree or not with it, because as we're going, we're talking about this, this balance, this balance of what we're supposed to do with our power BI reports and then what our role is. If someone were to be developing reports, like they're they're a Power BI developer, and they don't take any proactive um, uh, work on their reports to do storytelling, they will be foreseen as just a data dump or a, like just service only, and not someone that the business can go to for insights. Without the person become being proactive and self conscious on doing them themselves for the business, do you? And that might be a little convoluted, but that's the statement I want to say, because I am in the opinion that I think we have to be proactive when we're developing a report. It's not, hey, what do you need? What decisions you're making? I'll build a report. Okay, report's done. What's the next report? I think we have to be responsible for, let me develop a report. This is what you're trying to do. And then again, whether you actually have those bullet points in the report or sending out a PowerPoint or even uh, like a message to the team, like based on the report, we found these things. You didn't ask for this, but we found these insights. Do we need to do that? I don't think I would, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure because I think at the time the report released, the insights may change as you get into the report. I think, I think I would do the first part what you're talking about, Tommy, when you're talking about asking the user what they want to do. And then one of the things, again, as we, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, the idea of like this, how much time do you spend on a report? versus how much value you get out of the report. Because I don't want to spend a ton of time on a report that I'm getting minimal to no value from. If you're just mm -hmm. data dumping information, like I'm not going to spend a lot of time on report pieces. I'm not, we're not going to add bookmarks. We're not going to do a bunch of fancy things. If you just want data out of it, you want access to data, that's a, that's a different kind of story. But when we're to, or a different kind of report build, I want to use the word story there. Um, on the other hand though, Tommy, what you're talking about here is, you know, when we're talking about these insights, I think the insights are a bit more generic. And today, right, if you publish the report, if sales are down 30% year over year, fine, that's the insight. And maybe that's a separate communication, but I'm not building the one report just to, to show that insight because next year you could look at the same report and it would be different. So I don't think, I think the idea is, you know, I'm trying to help the end user articulate what their question is. And then as a report author, I'm trying to like re reshape that question into something that is graphically showing 
the answer one way or the other. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So am I, am let, I being clear there or is that just too vague? Yeah. Let, let me rephrase the question yeah. a bit. And I think that'll be a little more clarity. Okay. So when, when I was a marketing uh, manager at a, at a marketing firm, biweekly we would send to each client their mm -hmm. insights like yes. we already had dashboards for them yes but we would send them hey these campaigns are up these campaigns are down this is what performed well you know we're noticing this as an outlier and yep. we would send these kind of bulleted points and a couple of visuals that supported the last two weeks of performance right where we but again it took that's obviously time so should we be doing more of that where we have a data model because we focus so much on the modeling side, we have this great model that has all, you know, we can build and find whatever we need to. Mm -hmm. Should we be taking time or budgeting time to proactively building stories with the reports that we already have? Okay. So in the example that you just gave, I feel like there was too much information on the report to let the users just self-discover this. And you're trying to, you're, you're even taking like, that's one step further. Like, Hey, Mr you know, customer or whatever, here's the, th here's the three key things that we found in all of your data. I mean, and marketing data, particularly right. around campaign management stuff can be very um, intense because yeah. there's a lot of it, right? So I think particularly people just get overwhelmed with the volume of data. So you're trying to highlight what are the most important things to look at out of all the things you could look at. Right. So, I mean, on one hand, I totally understand why you're doing that. And I think it definitely, you know, serves the customer well. It helps them focus on what's important. And then you have the report is the supporting information about right. what you just described, right? So I think that makes sense. On the other hand, I, oh, go ahead, said No, go finish the thought. Oh, I was going to say, on the other hand, when I'm looking at that, and I don't want, if your report is so big, there's so much information that I have to tell you where to look, I maybe would argue, is this really the right report? For what we're looking for right i mean yeah. the, i would like to have the report speak for itself to some degree so maybe it's less visuals on a single page maybe it's you know a you know a specific question around which of my campaigns did the best which of my campaigns did the worst and that's that's all we're talking about on one page and trying to put visuals and graphics in a place yeah, that I, people see it. I would argue that's not really a story though what's performing well what's performing not part of the that quick insights that not related to Microsoft kind of thing, but yes. uh, as the chat saying, part of those quick insights was very much what's the last two weeks and the data changes. So, yes. oh my, and it was why is that campaign up? Why is that campaign down? Which can change every two weeks. Correct. You know, and I think that's that's what I'm saying. You may have a report that shows you what's doing well or not, but that's not a story. You but know, that, that, I would I would argue. Do you think do you think that the insights that you were sending via email were a story? So honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll two, two parts of that. Yes, because we would do like supporting visuals to explain it. So we actually, part of the retainer was, so it was actually- part, for, It was part of the report that they could see what you were, you were driving insights and saying, hey, here are the key things we see out of the report that right. you have access to, but here's more insight into it. Right. And it was exp explaining like, hey, this campaign did really well. The reason why these keywords, and we're actually looking at these keywords- so a supporting visual or and then that also spurred conversation because it wasn't just them looking at the report it was this is up 30 percent, and they got an email that said that 
and we explained okay. why. So and that spurred the conversation to so do is more. This, is this yeah. internal customer or external? External customers. So we were a digital okay. marketing agency, and so all the are you yeah. aware of are you aware of all of the initiatives that the customer had going on to yeah, precipitate? Yeah, I was change doing their initiative. Yeah, so so it was like the ecosystem of of things changing was purely in your company and not in theirs. So we were responsible for like a specific example. We were responsible for keywords, campaigns, AdWords, SEO, sure. social media, yeah. and it was all that performance. Yeah. So, but what we did, what I'm, yeah. what I'm driving at though is I would, I would make an argument that potentially that's, that's not the full story, hmm. right? You, you don't know, like how are they sinking a ton more money into things than they more normally do with the budget? Are they expecting, do they have some major initiative that they enlisted your company in assistance with to drive whatever customer action, like the full picture and the full story, if you're only providing, you know, parts of the data or a right. certain thing, you may not have, you know, visibility into. So thus you're just driving, you're driving insights, let alone like, your up, down, or reporting that you've generated for them, it's great that you're doing I the analysis for them, mm -hmm. right? But that's really, in my mind, all you're doing is you're doing the analysis and saying in, in a report that mm -hmm. should already have defined scope, right? And I think that's part of the problem in general is people aren't bucketing, are, aren't building reports to drive from raw data into like finding the insights that has to be scope driven. Like you're not going to find every yeah. insight from, a, from raw data. Right. So when we're building reports, I think there's a lot of work that, that has to go into like us building a useful report to allow somebody to ask multiple questions and mm -hmm. get answers by using the visualizations, the filters, the slicers, et cetera. But we may not be like outside of the original, original scoping call, like, that's why I'm saying I think we build more insight-driven reports, and that's hard enough. And and the consumer is putting together the full story because they're the only ones that either run their business, you know, whether that's a small, narrow thing, a larger box, or if you're doing external reporting, you're driving at, like, providing these insights to people so that they can put those into their full story, which is, hey, we had this major initiative. We enlisted Tommy's company. They're they're helping us out because they gave us these key insights. That fits into mm -hmm. my narrative of when I'm presenting whether or not it was worth our dollars to increase right. the marketing spend because we saw a 30% increase. Yes. Right? And that's that that's where it's like I I think I that's where to 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 reset. I think there's a ton of where we land the majority of the time is understand like digging into raw sources of information, cleaning it, shaping it, aggregating it, and providing it a easy button value for people to glean insights in each report page, right? And the more focused you can be, or I should say refined around using Power BI to let people get to those insights faster or showing them, right? Because a lot of it's up, down, a lot of it's, um, change over time, uh, change since last period, whatever the case may be, that lets them understand their business more and craft their own story, as opposed to us being the ones that are so deeply involved. And maybe this changes where you live, right? In the business intelligence team, you're rarely building storytelling reports. Maybe in the business front end that it, you are, 
right? And maybe it is a shift because it's like you have these reports or the data access to then say, oh, you know what? I have access to this model. The BI team provided me this report that allows me to gain these insights. I'm going to go drive and build a very specific report that um, like rounds it out for everybody. But it's it's very, very narrow in focus, I guess, is where I'm I'm leaning. I, I think I, I think I like what you're saying here, Seth. Because I, th I feel like the story is too groomed of a, a groomed of a report. I think I think we're trying to produce reports. I think the reports that I'm working on are trying to serve many many different functions as many as I can. Mm -hmm. Right again to maximize my my work level with the whatever that reporting is, whatever the client is, or whatever the the project we're working on is. I'm trying to maximize my time to be able to cater these very widely used answer lots of questions kind of report. It's a Swiss army knife, right? I'm trying to build a Swiss army knife report, basically, right? And um, to answer some of those why questions, why things are happening, what, you know, and then corresponding that why against what should I do, right? So this is this is the maturity curve that I, see, I talk through a lot with companies where it is this idea of like, you know, are you doing purely historical reporting only? Are you looking only at the past, things that have happened? Or are you now starting to like project and forecast and look forward and do some more predictive things on the other on the on the more mature side of that curve? A lot of companies are still just trying to cover their basis in what happened historically, what happened, and not really look about none of the tools. Uh, well, not none. Um, a lot of the tools are not really focusing on what should I be doing, where should I be spending the money at, right? And I think that's Tommy where you were going earlier with your with your marketing campaign, right? Is right. You, you want to be giving them not only just a historical look at the world, here's what happened, but here's here's potentially short more around what we should be doing. Where should right. we be spending more money? Here are the recommendations. Here's the recommendations. Yeah. So I think I think there's that was the added value that you're bringing as that team to not only provide people with just, here's what happened, here's here's the data that supports it, but here's what we should do to continue the success. Or if we're going to push on this particular campaign or we're selling this particular product, Here's what we recommend doing because this seems to be winning. And honestly, this has been, frankly, a strategy that we've employed at Power BI Tips on how we put our content out, right? We do a lot mm -hmm. more content on LinkedIn than we do, like, uh, the website that we have now or or through um, uh, YouTube because we, we do YouTube. It's just part, we like it. It works well for us. But if we look at, like, the, the interaction level, like, it's LinkedIn for us. So that being said, that's, you know, we... You cater your uh, your actions to meet the the desired results. So let me ask a very pro provocative question, or a very straightforward question. Then, I, based on the, uh, based on the last ten minutes, shouldn't be then based on everything we're saying, shouldn't the BI team, business intelligence, be responsible for storytelling? Because storytelling is proactive. It's you're the leaders with data. People rely on the story on what they should do. And everything we've talked about, how we're delivering the reports to users, shouldn't we be the ones providing not just insights in a report, but do this, that storytelling that we're talking about? Is that our domain? I mean, um, what's that? No, 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 Mr. IT locked down the organization. <laughs> Good answer. No, I, no I, I think, but I think this drives into an area that we, we've talked about a lot, right? Like, um, I, I think it depends on what the, the level of reporting is, right? Like, I think we may be doing more storytelling 
type reporting or refined reporting that gets to that level when you're um, in that really wide audience or like high level um, important wide audience kind of reporting or maybe it's leadership but at the same time I could see that you know business units have their own leadership reporting as well I, I just typically I would say probably not like I, I think it's our our that team's job to provide a lot more of the accurate data and insightful reporting and helping people build their own insights and stories within their own business units because they're going to know it better than you do because bi teams are all over the place like typically where yeah. i work like you're you're helping everybody in all areas of the business right so those if if i'm in finance or marketing the marketing guy is going to know a lot about more about his business because he spends 365 days a year there and i only spend 10 right mm -hmm. so him helping me understand what is important to him or her is totally is allows me to like help facilitate their use of data within the organization to quickly get to insights right because that was like the the key for me is we don't just want to throw data around albeit sometimes people just need access to it because they don't mm -hmm. know what they want correct right so the faster we can make to get to those decisions the faster we can get to narratives and stories to convince people to talk about our business to make decisions like those are all part and parcel of like i think the the main motivation behind a bi team within an organization i i think those are and i think a lot of times i feel i feel like a lot of a lot of communication i'm having with business users is they kind of know what they want but they don't know how to produce what they want inside a power bi lens and i keep talking about this a lot with people is power BI is a framework it has walls that you can play within. If you play within those walls, it's very fast, it's very efficient, and it's very quick to build you reports. If you start venturing outside those walls, things get more challenging, right? Hey, I want a thermometer on my report that does this. There is no thermometer visual. There's just not. <laughs> so like, that part of the story is going to be more complicated to build into the report, and then it becomes an, an issue of do we spend the time building a custom visual that meets that need or not? So I, I feel like a lot of... Go ahead, Tommy, you're going to say something? No, 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 I was just writing something down. Oh, you're going you're gonna to go build a custom visual now? Yeah, I was like, Ooh. side note, pay for thermometer. Pay for thermometer developers. visual. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a gold mine. Ideas.parby.com. Yeah. The thermometer visual. <laughs> I, really like, so, I really would like one. I think a thermometer would really help my company. No, um, but you were saying. But that, that's kind of where I was, I mean, that's where I'm going with a lot of this is, you know, I feel like, Again, as the as the data stewards here, as the people that are trying to work with the, the the technical, so we're like bridging that gap. And I think there's what we're finding now is there's more and more need to bridge the gap between the super technical side of like DAX modeling equations, like all that the data engineering part of that, and then going all the way forward to say you know reports, visuals, actions. That's the other side. That's very business focused, right? They and I loved your point, Seth. You know, the business user is going to know way more about what's going on in their information. They know how they want to see their data stuck together. The, to me, the fun part of this, and I, I, the way I enjoy this, is it's this idea, this challenge that's presented, right? I need to answer these kind of questions. I need to shape the data in such a way. And then you have to go find, through these disparate data sources, how does everything link together? What is the, what is the join that, that lets you stitch the data together to create the correct story? And I think that's a really interesting challenge and super fun for me. I really enjoy that part of it. 
Yeah, I to what Seth said, I, I under I know your answer because I've lived it, but I don't like the answer where it's not necessarily our domain because we don't necessarily know the business. I, I really want to challenge this because for one main reason. And Mike, you kind of said it too, where we are so focused, or if you look at the budgeted time for business intelligence, you know, we talk data flows, we talk data modeling, we talk DAX to actually get the numbers out there, get the correct numbers, get the numbers in a way that wasn't able to. We create something out of nothing so yes. they can actually see it. Yes. But there's no budgeted time in our domain, or at least from what I've seen, that is to do the exploratory side where we know when we're building the report, what's important, this campaign, this product, this sales team, you know, over they, and we're trying to, again, that's our job, but we don't take the, we don't have budgeted time to do the exploratory side on, I noticed for your sales team, they're not selling a lot of this and that's happened over the last six months. Let me build something ad hoc for you to do that. You know, because people aren't necessarily asking us the, those questions. I, I, I want to make the challenge that I think the products and the technology is getting easier to use and more accessible to yes. build those models we should be the leader, like the data leaders and being able, we have the everything available for us to be able to do this. I don't think we just have budgeted time to do this. What would be the point of having that business area if you had the budgeted time to do that? We're, you, what, like yeah. you, you're saying your argument would be you just should absorb other areas of the business into the BI team? No, I'm not saying that. I think anything. It is because what you're saying is if we had the time, the, the reason yeah. there are other resources and employees within an organization is because you don't have the time to do all of that stuff. And you need people with expertise in that area of business yes. to do the analysis, the exploration and figure out how to make business decisions. Your reporting is there to help facilitate them and make their jobs easier and faster and better so that the organization makes more money. Well, how many yes, companies you yeah. have the capability. There's a difference between having the capability, having the insight and the like tooling to allow you to create and build insights better, faster than anybody else in the organization. I'm not arguing that 100%. That's why you're on the BI team and you can you can spin through marketing, finance, all these different areas because you have that level of expertise, which also makes this area so engaging and fun and also one of high value within an organization because there aren't people that can do that. They can't branch out of outside right. of their area like marketing or finance. They don't, they don't know how to engage with some of the technical platforms, et cetera. But like there's, there's a space for you and that is to help facilitate using these tools much more so than in the past so that these people don't have to stumble through the analysis or the data cleaning or all of the manual steps that they've built into a much cleaner, faster way to go get glean insights. So like, I, no, I don't... you're right. But I'm one of my challenges. How many organizations have that maturity where they have analysts on every department? But I, you don't I, but have I think the time. That's what I'm saying. Like I think you're right, Seth. Though I think I think this. How many teams are? Whether you like it or not, there's already someone there doing it, and it's just probably in Excel. So, like to your point, there may not be a, a BI level person that's coming from like the corporate space that's amazing DAX modeler and data report builder. But the, and when I talk everywhere I've walked, every organization has this. You know, there's this concept of like, what is the central data that we have to have to run our business on it? And I think for for sure the tooling is changing right 
the price or the barrier to entry to get into doing very complex and large amounts of data is is greatly reduced because you can buy you can get power bi desktop for free you can start playing with this stuff immediately and to me that's the incredible value that i see with, with, with this tool is the tooling has gotten so good that we've been able to make accessible to many more people in the audience a, a very robust and game-changing tool of power bi i saw this very early on i was like oh my gosh power BI, like i was doing excel stuff like crazy and i thought i saw power bi come out and thought Oh my gosh, this is SharePoint PowerView moved to its own application. This is incredible. Like this is going to be huge. And so that's why I started the blog, you know, back in 2016 because I I saw the writing on the wall. I saw like I as a business user, I got a tool that was so much more powerful than I've ever seen before at a cost that was the right cost. And now I can now, now I think the, that has then because the technology is adjusting it's now shifting the role of what BI teams and what IT teams need to be doing, right? So now it's, I think I've said this before, it's less around um, building reports for the business. Now it's more around providing models and access to data to the business and letting them yeah. kind of self-discover to a degree. I would say, I would say by default, that's, that is something that like maybe, maybe our, our motivation to build Power BI reports and everything, you know, has come back to is like, hey, you know what? It's not always worth it. It's not always the right solution, right? Yeah. But to Tommy, mm -hmm. to push back, I would yeah. say, okay, you have a BI team, right? Super small company, yeah, man. You're you're the analysts. You're the you're the engaged in every business area. You're the one developing the reporting, and and doing the exploration all the way down to storytelling because there's nobody else in this very small business that can do that. Mm -hmm. However. If you're talking about centralizing around a BI team, I would say that given the tool that we have, like you you rate you can you can make much bigger impacts with that team by raising the bar of other people in those business units. And yeah. I would much more rather spend my time like finding and helping support those people, right? So th that's that's not to say like in the BI team you have your folks that are engaging with particular business units. So you're supporting them and they may do some exploration and storytelling, but the majority of their time is like, who in here is, or is doing the analysis? Who in here is already doing the heavy Excel work? Exactly. Hey, I'm going to show them how to do power BI. I'm going to like work with them to provide reports that they can glean their own insights in, and then they can take it the step further, right? It's about, it's about helping find, like get people to engage and make, like I said, make those decisions faster, right? Like you're, I, I don't see the argument here of saying like, okay, I'm going to take all of the BI resources and then I'm going to just sink them into that business unit for six months as opposed to two, two right? And then I'm going to move them around the company. And like and, it, it's yeah. a time thing. And you're dead on. So allow me to say, I do agree with parts of what you're saying, but I think my, my, I think my big point is if we're just focused on data modeling and DAX and Power Query and data flows and building the apps, you got to take intelligence out of our name because we're not doing intelligence. I and don't agree with you. So, I don't agree with you. So just, here's the you're doing intelligence even if you're just putting data tables together. If you're generating data tables or a star schema and giving that out, that's still business intelligence. I'm just not giving you the final report. I, so it's part of it. It's part of it from the standpoint that it's it's democratizing data within an organization. Yeah, I, I'm going to lean back on the insights word. 
There's mm-hmm. a difference between raw data dumps, right? That mean nothing and saying, hey, here's the data. I'm shaping it in a way that's somewhat meaningful or meaning very meaningful to you, but it's not the whole story. It's an insight. Like you have to take it a step further to tell, like to figure out what it means to your business. I like that. Because I don't know the context yeah. of your business, right? I don't know the initiatives of your business unit. This report is designed to show you up, down, changes, whatever, so that when you have your business unit and you're saying, okay, we're going to make a major investment here this year in time or money, I better see results in this report. Those are insights I'm providing to you, right? They're yeah. shaping their story. They know what their business is. That's why they're employed. <laughs> like, it's not my job or my team's job to to understand or explore all of that to be able to shape a story and tell and convince no. somebody of like good, bad, or ugly in my business area. Well, let me ask why, why shouldn't we kind of act like the genius bar at an Apple store or, or the, the nerds at, um, you Best may Buy? Be. but you why may be because of the, like, because you've spent time in that area or the individual that's helping out the business area may be very knowledgeable in the area. Sure, but it's not their job on a daily basis to report those numbers, to figure out and explore and make it better, or you know, do everything else that those individuals do from from that particular area. So I, I will ask the question again: If there are no analysts on a department and you don't have that maturity, but you have a business intelligence team, whose role is it to provide that type of insight to help people so I, make decisions? So I don't, I don't think your question is even a real question, and here's why I'm going to say that. Okay. I don't think your question is a real question because if that team does not have any analyst on their team, they're already relying on another team. You're, you're never going to have a business unit that's just going to run without any sort of analyst person inside it, or they're not relying on an external team to provide the analytics reports that they need to do their job. I think I would, I would say your question's flawed from that perspective. So there's already somebody doing it, whether it's a central team, another team, or it's internal, their team already. So that, w- that would be my argument. There's, there's going to be someone in there that is doing some sort of data analysis already. Yeah. You, you, may, not have, you may not have the analyst role specifically. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Okay. But that doesn't matter. Like, if you have five people in that department, two, three, somebody's analyzing data. Yeah. Right? If you're okay. generating a report for them, yeah. somebody has a need for insights. Yes, correct. Right? Or, to my earlier point, your company's so small, your BI team does everything. And yes, they have to do all of the work all the way through because Correct. that that's the only people who would know how to look at data in any way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. Like so typically yeah, okay. I'll rephrase this and maybe this is an unflawed question then. Should we have a better relationship with those people on the other teams? Hundred percent. A more intimate relationship going through the data, what's available, yes. helping yeah. them be able to yeah. provide that. And I and I yeah. think I think there's just make that more proactive. Oh, totally. And sure, I think sure. And I think this yeah. is where this is where Matthew Roach's well, pyramid do it? Yeah. comes into play. I think this is where you start talking about, you know, there's the center of excellence. I mean, even if it's a one person center of excellence for a company, yeah. whatever that is, there needs to be someone that's communicating to executive level leadership. And again, this is one point that makes Matthew makes in his documentation of his observation. Your BI deployment will not work unless you have an executive sponsor. Mm-hmm. That is a key element of what we're talking about here. So with, you need someone at the top who can talk to the other teams, who can get alignment as to what's going on. And we're talking about like the, the, um, the integration of all these different data sets and things across the, to- the entire part of the organization, right? There's a lot of really rich data. There's a lot of stuff that people are working on that are actionable. 
every client I've worked with has had that person of, you know, if so-and-so left, we would be in a world of hurt. Right. I mean, you talk to every organization, yeah. there's always that person who's been doing something, whether they're in IT or they're not, or they're doing some reporting on their own, Lots or they're, they've built their own process that to do something. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard, you know, if so-and-so left, if this thing changed, we would be, we, if they moved on on the lottery and got out of that company, they would struggle for a period of time until they could recover from whatever the analyst stuff they were doing. So those are the people that you want to engage with. You want to, you know, talk, talk to them, engage with them, try and figure out what they're doing and, how, and try to produce that in a tool that either you're distributing the data better, you're documenting the data, and then you're, you're reviewing with executive leadership. I mean, if, you, if you're in a team, in a company where executive leadership is not valuing the effort spent around finding good data and supporting that good data, the organization go to a different org. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's pivotal. The way, the way I look at this in a different way to go back to my earlier analogy, Tommy is like, if, if a business unit or a person, right, has 10, 10 doors of big decision-making that they do. And when they open that door, they, they do exploration and they have to figure out a bunch of things. And then they like give the answer, close the door, go into that. If they have 10, I don't want to spend all my time or my researchers time in one or two. Yeah. I, I don't want yeah. to do all the exploration for them. What I want to do is I want to help them get in and out as fast as possible in those 10 doors. Right. And that's to me, the difference between providing them tooling that allows them to get to get those insights faster so that mm -hmm. they know their overall story and message yep. yeah. and, and IE action that comes out of that. Yeah. And that to me is much more valuable in terms of where my time is spent. Um, and, yeah. and like to draw it back to the other realm, it's like the only reason I'm opening up wide the data access doors is because I can't get to the business unit for another month. Right. right. Like people need access to the data, but I'm going to come back around to them and I'm going to help them in the future, like make sense or streamline, you know, those insights for them through, through additional power BI reports. Yeah. Right. And it's something we need to budget. I, uh, like we've talked about the governance and adoption a ton, but we really haven't talked about this area. We've talked about the center of excellence, but not necessarily our relationship, the business intelligence relationship with those analysts to help to empower them to be able to have the data that they need to be able to do that. So you'll see that on our, our topic board, but I, I think that's something worthwhile on how much time is needed for that and what resources are needed to do that effectively. I totally agree with that. Well, I think we've burned through a perfectly good hour. We'll have to probably wrap it down here. I think, I think my final, final thoughts here, gentlemen, uh, I think my final thought here, again, I'm going to lean on this. If your report isn't making money or saving money, I don't think you need to be building it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know that we're not quite talking about that, but I feel like that's, to me, this feels like a lot of like what we're talking about here, right? Make sure your report is adding value and, and whether it's storytelling a little tiny story or, you know, a whole book of things at the end of the day, even if you're building this story, you know, this, the story of the data, if that sucker isn't making money or saving money, I'm not probably working on it or let someone else work on it. <laughs> Tommy, what's your, what's your final thought here? No, I, I've really enjoyed how deep this conversation went. Went, and I, I, I love though too. We're talking about the different relationships within the company. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, I'm slightly persuaded with with both what you said and what Seth said. With yes, business intelligence has that ability, but there's no time for that. And if you have the people who are more intimate with the with the company's dealings with the operations, yeah, absolutely. But 
yeah summary is really is it our domain to do a story for every report or for every question that comes our way not necessarily is it something for us to be more conscious of i i'll challenge that and i would say that's something we need to be more conscious and proactive on seth any, any kind of final thoughts for you yeah i would dovetail on what you said right like i think you make or save more money when people have the insights to drive those decisions yeah and, and there is plenty of work to do in our realm to choose how to best help individuals in in the organization come up to speed raise the bar but uh i in general would typically leave the storytelling to the end users i would agree with that one i love it well with that everyone thank you very much for listening to our uh, ramblings on storytelling with power bi and data things we appreciate you all uh spending the time with us as as we kind of chat through this topic um our only ask if you like this topic if you found this was valuable uh, please just give us a, you know, recommend to somebody else, someone at work, someone you're talking to. Hey, you're a Power BI person too. Uh, we recommend you check out this podcast and um, we find that very much helps us. So we really appreciate the share and would really uh, love to have someone else, you know, just know about what we're doing. Um, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? Yeah, for all you storytellers out there, if you are listening to the podcast live uh, or watching the podcast live, make sure to subscribe, Apple and Spotify. 134, 35 episodes now available for you to listen to, all pretty relevant. If you are listening, make sure to join the conversation live. Very lively chat today. We got 20, 25 people live on YouTube, a bunch on LinkedIn too. Yeah. So join the conversation. Please we do. Love your, we love your insights and your own input as well. Thank you all very much. And we'll see you on Thursday.